0: Hi, everyone. I'd like to note that this past Thursday, April 22nd, was the 109th birthday of Kathleen Ferrier. I've yet to do a full episode on her, but I do want to offer a tribute to her. In addition, as I think everybody who listens to this podcast also knows, there was a verdict delivered earlier in the week for the murderer of George Floyd. Guilty, guilty, guilty. I'd like to combine these two observances with three brief pieces by Johann Sebastian Bach that Kathleen Ferrier sang in her town hall concert in New York in January 1950. The Canadian pianist John Newmark accompanies Kathleen Ferrier. The first is Vergiss mein Nicht, BWV 505. Dear God, don't forget me. Hear my pleading and give mercy when I'm afraid and in need. You are my confidence. Don't forget me. Next, I'm going to offer the second verse of the chorale, Ach, das nicht die letzte Stunde. Good night, you vanities. You deceitful world, farewell. Good night, you vile times. My farewell has been made. Because I am faithful, I want to die. But until that hour of death comes, I am the heir of God. finally, a song that is actually by the composer Stözel, but for many years was attributed to Johann Sebastian Bach, Bist du bei mir. This is a song that carries particular poignancy for me because I sang it at my father's funeral, which this coming month... Will be already ten years if you're with me i will happily go to death and to my rest oh how happy my end would be if your hands were to press closed my faithful eyes Peace, both Kathleen Ferrier and George Floyd. And now, on to today's program. Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host. Daniel Gundlach. And as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You will also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business, great singers and great singing. Two weeks ago, I cut short my Kathy Barbarian program and promised to bring you part two in two weeks. So let's pick up where we left off with the end of the Rinaldo Anne song Le Exquise. As was so often the case, Cathy Barbarian is here accompanied by Bruno Canino. So at the end of the last episode, I promised to tell you the story of how Kathy Barbarian went from singing the Beatles to being engaged to sing Monteverdi. Let's start with another excerpt from that album of Beatles arias from 1967.
1: Oh yeah, I'll tell you something,
2: I think you'll understand, then Say that something I want to
1: hold your hand I want to hold your hand I want to hold your hand Oh please say to me You let me be your love And please say to me You let me hold your hand Now let me hold your hand
2: I want to hold your hand And when I touch you I feel happy inside It's such a feeling that my love I can't hide, I can't
1: hide, I can't hide I want to hold on. I want to hold on. I want to hold on.
0: One very important musician who heard this Beatles' arias record and was quite taken with it was the early music conductor Nikolaus. He was so taken with it, in fact, that he asked Kathy Barbarian to collaborate with him on a number of Monteverdi projects. She sings the role of the Messaggera in his groundbreaking recording of Orfeo, for instance. And a few years later, she also sang the role of Ottavia in his recording of L'Incoronazione di Poppea. She also recorded a few other freestanding pieces, including the one that I'm going to play for you now, from the Eighth Book of Madrigals. This is Conqueso a Vita. Nicolaus Hanokur leads the Concentus Musicus Vien in this 1975 recording. I do think that is one of the most extraordinary single recordings that Barbarian made, and I want you to also listen to the way in which... She's very explicit about her sexuality. It so much informs the way that she interprets this piece. I would say, in fact, that it is that sensuality, that sexuality, that sits right alongside her robust sense of humor. In 1969, Kathy Barbarian for the first time sang a recital that covered the entire range of her repertoire, From Monteverdi Through John Cage. Eventually, this developed into a program that was called From Monteverdi to the Beatles. This was the basis of her 1969 recording for Virgo records called Magnificathy that we sampled in the last episode. Once Berio and Kathy Barbarian divorced, she found herself in precarious financial straits. This was one of many reasons that she began doing more recitals, such as the one I just mentioned. After a few years of difficulty, she and Berio once again resumed their ongoing collaboration. As far back as 1964, he had been talking about doing a pastiche Recital for her. Eventually, this became Recital One for Kathy, which makes use of a dizzying amount of material from Monteverdi through Berio himself. Here's a thought I had earlier this week. In much the same way that Leonard Bernstein's Mass is a reimagining and refashioning of the Mass, so is Recital One for Kathy a complete reimagining and theatricalization of the recital genre. Both of these pieces were completed and premiered in the very early 1970s. But each one traces the mental breakdown of the primary character. In Bernstein's case, The Celebrant, in the case of Recital One for Kathy, the character of quote-unquote Kathy Barbarian. I don't want to push this comparison too hard, but it is worth thinking about. Before I play the two excerpts, I'm going to just play you two very short clips of Kathy Barbarian describing herself and her feelings about her audience. I hold back in private life from what
3: I really am. I have to, because I'm, I'm bigger than life. You, my mind is kooky is, is and my, my nature is bigger than life. I'm, I'm exaggerated in everything. You always have to manipulate an audience. That's what an audience is for. It should be like putty in your hands you should be able to play on an audience like you play on an instrument. And they like being played with, if you know how to play. You have to tickle them, you have to squeeze them, you have to scratch them a little, and sometimes you have to give them a punch in the jaw. But you also have to make them enjoy, huh? place at the right time, ha, but you mustn't have any illusions, not even when you dream, not even now, not even tonight with all of you out there, ah, everybody acting as if no one were alone, or as if you all had the leading roles, maybe they do,
1: maybe they do,
3: Purplish sound of a clarinet. That's the sound that's been haunting me. Ah, epifanica magia! Oh, (laughs) eco di un mondo interiore! nightly thrill and the five dollar mouthpieces that bring me around to the same problem over and over again eh? that's why we are cautious and innocent silver and gold let the flute play an F and the trumpet where's the trumpet a D louder Two. that's it and the double bass give me time to listen to recognize you parts of an irreversible entity
0: Now the very end of the piece in which the character's incipient madness is rapidly gaining the upper ground.
1: So
3: Oh, is this need for words. Umbra leggera, not Tonada not onedad, not And we speak, and no one dreams of what we really think. And we worry about keeping on that ragged mask of intelligence, sensitivity, mercy, and conscience. This absence of explosions is unbearable. Even without those instruments which play and play and play until they drive me mad and devour. What are you looking at? Why
1: don't you do something?
3: afraid why did your blood love healthy the mouth the
1: legal
4: love oh. Oh.
0: When asked in an interview on Norwegian television in 1971 about the way that so much of the public approached the concert hall as if it were a museum, this was her response.
3: Not only museums, but in some cases even worse than museums. They're like churches. It's gotten so that people go to recitals or concerts the way they go to church. They're religiously obliged to go or else they have a guilty conscience. In the case of recitals, it's having a guilty conscience about not being cultured enough. And consequently, they go there having to get culture. And I think music is not anything that's obliged. I think music is love and enjoyment. And that's why I don't feel that music in recitals or concerts have to be always serious. And that's why in my recitals, I try to have things that are light and in some cases even funny. And even though it's hard for the audience in the beginning, they gradually get to understand that they're not only allowed to laugh, but that I want them to laugh. I try to get them to laugh if I can.
0: Through her interest in the writings, recordings, and music of Reynaldo Anne, Kathy Barbarian found her way into an increased interest in the literary output of Rinaldo An's lover, Marcia Proust. Eventually, Cathy Barbarian had the idea, which she first realized in 1971, of putting on a staged recital of salon music as if it were taking place in the days of the Belle Epoque. She had a costume designed for her by the fashion icon Erté, famous for so many of his extra- extravagant sketches. This was an enormous and very heavy and very ornate gown, which allowed her to take on the persona of Madame Verdurin, one of those grandes dames who hosted a soirée in which she performed. This recital program became known as À la recherche de la musique perdue, this gave her a wonderful opportunity to be campy, to be enormously theatrical, and from time to time to sing with her full heart, and also to do vocal impersonations that she was so adept at. I had mentioned that. As a child, she used to imitate her recording of Shalyapin singing The Song of the Flea by Mussorgsky. And later, this became one of the central numbers in this staged musical salon concert. As an illustration of all those different aspects... Of her recitals, I'm going to offer the so-called Russian set from the À la Recherche de la Musique Perdue program, which was released in 1973 as Cathy Barbarian at the Edinburgh Festival, a live recording with Bruno Canino at the piano.
3: We have here the Russian group, which I will sing for you in Russian. <laughs> the first is by Mr. Sazakui. The statue of Sarascoyasillo. Urnuz
1: vodai urniv, o utias <laughs> ja je djeva razbila, djeva pijchal na sidin раз не держу чудо
2: не всяк нетвода изливаясь ойос из урни разбей
1: дуй где
3: is The Rose in Slaves, the Nightingale by Mr. Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov. And you'll find that it's rather oriental. bass, uh, Fyodor Shalyapin. Uh, his favourite song is The Song of the Flea by Monsieur Modeste Mussorgsky. <laughs>
0: There's something very odd. Kathy Barbarian singing down in an almost baritonal register. I don't want to stretch the point too much, but there's almost a querying of gender that takes place. You also hear that in her recording of the John Lennon Paul McCartney song, Girl, which was featured also on the Beatles Aria's album. Is
2: there anybody going to listen to my story all about the The girl who came to stay She's the kind of girl you want so much It makes you sorry Still you don't regret a single day A
4: girl Girl
2: When I think of all the times I tried so hard to leave her She will turn to me and start to cry and she promises the Earth to me, and I believe her After all this time, I don't know why A girl a girl She's the kind of girl who puts you down When friends are there, you feel a fool When you say she's looking good, she acts as if it's understood. She's cool. Ooh, 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 girl. girl.
0: been reading a lot about Kathy Barbarian these past few weeks, and there was a very interesting article about Kathy Barbarian as a camp artist. There was an argument in that article, if indeed A straight woman could take on such a gay conceit as camp. And the author of that article was arguing that, in fact, there's no reason that she couldn't do that, and that it was very much an appropriate response for straight women to enact camp. Speaking of camp, this is certainly the campiest number from that recording from the Edinburgh recital. This is the Liza Lehman song, There Are Fairies at the Bottom of a. Our garden
3: here is a new song that's been written by a woman composer Liza Lehman, and it's called there are fairies at the bottom of our garden <laughs> there are fairies at the bottom of our garden it's not so very very far away you pass the gardener's shed and you just keep straight ahead I do so hope they've really come to stay There's a little wood with moss in it and beetles
1: And a little stream that quietly runs through You wouldn't think they dare to go merrymaking there will they do Yes, they do
3: At the bottom of our garden You cannot think how beautiful they are They all stand up and sing When the fairy queen and king Come lightly floating down upon their car
1: Oh, the king is very proud and
3: very handsome And the queen, now can you guess Who that can be? She's a little girl all day But at night she steals away Well, it's me Yes,
1: it's me
0: The final number on that Edinburgh concert is the Temperance song, Father's a Drunkard and Mother is Dead. I'll let Kathy Barbarian introduce it in her own inimitable style.
3: Mrs. Parkhurst of the Temperance Society has written a beautiful song, and Signor Bruno Canino will be very kind and assist me in the tenor part for the refrain. The title... The title of the song is Father's a Drunkard and Mother is Dead. (laughs) One dismal stormy night in winter, a little girl, barefooted and miserably clad, leaned shivering against a large tree near the president's house. Sissy, said a passing stranger... Why don't you go home? She raised her pale face and with tears dimming her sweet blue eyes answered mournfully, I have no home. My father's a drunkard and mother is dead. We were so happy till father drank rum." Then all our sorrow and trouble begun. Mother grew paler and wept every day. Baby
1: and I were too hungry to play. Is it too late? Men of temperance, please try. Or oh, poor little Bessie will soon starve and die. All oh, that day long I've been begging for a bread.
0: There's a set number of pieces alternately offered at these Proustian salon concerts. One of them that's not on the Edinburgh Recital Record is the Cat Duet by Gioacchino Rossini. But we do have a fun live performance from Madrid in February 1974 with Bruno Canino, though not at all a vocalist gamely taking on the voice of the second cat. Pathy Barbarian eventually developed a number of different concerts, and another one of those was Kathy Barbarian's Secondhand Songs. I found a non-commercial release of that this past week, so again, I'm able to offer you some very rare recordings from that. These performances took place over two different nights in October 1980. In this case, Kathy Barbarian is accompanied by Harold Lester, who is an another of the pianists that she worked with very closely. I'll let her introduce the concept and also perform the opening song on that recital. I should
3: like to explain what secondhand songs mean. Second-hand means when you've got an item that's been used by someone else before you. I think you'll find that today young people like to buy secondhand clothing partially because it's cheap and secondly because it's uh, more interesting. Now why do we have second-hand songs? Well, in the early times around the 18th century, people were not as purist as we are today in the music world. Uh, A composer would take a song or piece by another composer and insert it in something he was writing. The most often that second-hand songs were done was in the 19th century and the two composers whose works were more often manipulated were Beethoven and Chopin. Now, why did that happen? First of all, because not having radio or recordings or television, this way of taking a symphony theme or a sonata theme and putting words to it was a way of popularizing a piece of music that might be difficult to be heard if someone lived in a small town. Secondly, there was the habit that most families had of making music in the evening. It's obvious that having symphony themes could be very convenient to sing to. Now, we have another reason why these songs were done. They were very often the case of, of composers or musicologists who were not well known and not good, and who made these arrangements uh, in order to um, have their names beside someone who was very great. So uh, these are the secondhand songs, and I would like to begin with a song by Ludwig van Beethoven, except that he didn't know that it was going to be a song. (laughs) (coughs) And that is uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, just a small part. (laughs) with words by Frederick Zilscher. He was a very mediocre composer and transcriber of folk songs and whose only claim to fame today is the fact that he transcribed these Beethoven songs. And it's Beethoven-Zilscher is the way these songs are are published. As I said, the first will be Beethoven's Fifth Symphony.
1: Oh, na dich, was wär mein Leben, du mein Stern in kummervollen Nichten? Wie bin ich nun durch dich so sehr?
3: Generally, when I sing that song, I try and give a translation to the non German speaking audience. And when I come to Deinem und in Lust, uh, you must know that in English, lust is a very naughty word. <laughs> but I try to make it all right by explaining that after all, it's German lust, so it's really not so bad. <laughs>
0: The first half of the recital ended with Cathy Barbarian doing a Chopin mazurka as arranged by the extraordinary Pauline Viardot. Again, I'll let her tell us about it.
3: The other composer that was literally done to death by the arrangers is Frédéric Chopin. This arrangement, it's a piano mazurka that was transcribed by Pauline Viardot. Now, Viardot was a very exceptional woman. She was the sister of Marie Malibran, who was a very great prima donna, and she herself was a fantastic singer. She could not only sing the part of Norma, but she could also sing the part of Adalgisa, on different nights, of course. (laughs) And she designed her own stage clothing, she did staging for all the operas she performed in, and she helped uh, Hector Berlioz in the revision of Gluck's Orfeo, and Berlioz himself said that she was so wonderful that actually the greatest merit of that revision uh, belongs to her. So Viardot, in her spare time, uh, wrote songs and transcribed other people's music. And here we have her uh, version of the Mazurka. Now you must know something, she performed this for the first time in a group of six of the Chopin Mazurkas and she was accompanied at the piano by Frederick Chopin himself. Uh, he actually approved of these arrangements. I picked the one that I think lends itself most to the um, tone of tonight's program. It's called Coquette.
2: De n'aimer que toi, je donne ma
1: foi. Oh, fille,
2: gentille, gentille, mais ma fidèle oh fille, gentille, ne peut toucher ton cœur. De n'aimer que toi, je donne ma
1: foi. Oh, fille, gentille,
2: gentille, mais ma fidèle ardente. Oh, fille oh, gentille, ne peut toucher ton cœur. Si dans tes regards je suis, tu plais malgré toi,
1: mon martyr, mais d'amour que je meurs, c'est le deuil d'un jour où oh, d'une heure. Oh. Don't n'aime know toi. Tu cherches a fool? you a fool, you're a fool, coquette are a fool,
2: comment Pour bien nous surprendre, on veut d'abord lui écouter.
1: Mais sa voix devient plus tendre. Qu'il faut un jour, il faut l'écouter. Oh, oh, oh,
2: oh, 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 oh. oh donc tu donnes
1: Accepte ma foi, attends! Oh, fille.
0: From the second half of that performance, Kathy Barbarian sings a number of pop songs that were refashioned from classical music. These were popular favorites in the 1940s. The first is called The Lamp is Low, and it's arranged from Ravel's Pavane, and What's most amusing about this is that Kathy Barbarian does a fantastic imitation of Sarah Vaughan here.
1: Dream beside me when the moonlight glow
4: The lamp
1: is low
2: Dream and watch the
1: shadows
2: come and go
1: Lamp is
0: when you hold me in your
1: arms, my lips will say, I love you so. Dream,
2: the sweetest dream
1: you'll
4: ever
0: In another second-hand song, a refashioning of Debussy's Reverie, she sings My Reverie as if she were Billie Holiday.
3: Another song of that particular period was Reverie, uh, My Reverie it was called, and it was taken from Debussy's Reverie. And this also I would like to do in the style of a a singer that was very popular at that time, too. A dream, but in my reverie, I can see that this love was meant to be. Only a poor fool, never schooled in a whirlpool of romance, could be so cruel as you are to me. My dreams are as worthless as 10 to me. Without you, love would never begin to be. So love me as I love you in my reverie. Make my dream a reality. Let's dispense with formality. Come to me in my reverie.
0: Now, all along, we've been focusing on the fun and games aspect of Kathy Barbarian's singing. But she also was capable of bringing up enormous stores of emotional truth. Another recital program that Kathy Barbarian added to her repertoire was one called Kathy Sings America, or, if she were performing it in Italy, Kathy Canta America, As can be imagined, this covered an enormous range of styles and genres, from music of the indigenous Americans through to standards, like Stormy Weather. Here, from a performance just barely two years before her untimely death of a massive heart attack at the age of 57. Here the pianist is Massimiliano D'Aminini. Fra
3: i più famosi blues c'è stormy weather. Don't know why there's no sun up in
1: the sky. Stormy
4: weather
3: since my man and I ain't
1: together. It's raining all the time. Life is best, gloom and misery everywhere. Stormy weather just can't pull my poor self together. So weary all oh. Time. So weary all the time, when he went away, the blues walked in and met me, if he stays away, a rocking chair will get me,
2: all I do is pray, the blood above will
0: Kathy Barbarian could bring that same feeling of pathos to a song, even if it was a somewhat hackneyed-sounding number, like Paolo Tosti's Pianto di Monaca, Tears of a Novitiate. There are a couple interesting things about this performance. First of all, I had mentioned that she never sang any opera, but I swear to God, the way that she goes from her low register, flips into a lighter registration here, she sounds for all the world to me like Monserrat Caballet. I'm not at all sure that you would be flattered by the comparison. Just get a load of this quote from an interview for Dutch Radio.
3: I feel that today's singers should avoid the kind of concentration on just pure sound. The old school is Renata Tebaldi, and today we have Montserrat Caballé. Beautiful voices, but they sing like cows. They have the mentality of cows more than... I don't mean that they sing like cows as far as style is concerned, but they just want the sound to come out. They don't think of not only the phrasing, but they don't think of the meaning behind it. If you watch them, you notice that they're thinking basically of making the sound go out. And not the phrase, what does the word mean, what does the character try to bring over. They're worried about the next note, the high note is coming. I think after their voices have gone, they're poor old cows.
0: And here she was, the possessor of a voice that was not so beautiful, certainly not of operatic proportions, but in a body of a woman Who was so theatrical. So you can see how this would have been really frustrating and irritating for her. Anyway, here's Pianto di Monaca. Even if Kathy Barbarian had little patience with, shall we say, traditional opera singers, she had an enormous respect and admiration for Maria Callas. Even while she often criticized Callas's repertoire choices, which she felt truncated Callas's active career, one role toward which both of these enormous artists aspired was the title role in Bizet's Carmen. I found a discussion in Italian with her pianist Bruno Canino, who explained that Kathy Barbarian felt that her voice was simply not of an operatic amplitude for her to be able to take on that role and do it vocal justice. Nevertheless, she often toyed with that possibility, and I found in two different sources a portion of a video that was shot during a recording session with her singing the Seguidille with an orchestra conducted by Luciano Berio. It's not vocally flawless, But man, what character she brings to this part. I agree with Canino that it was a real loss that Kathy Barbarian never took on this role.
4: Cos'è dunque la voce? Se lo chiedete a me, che ho lavorato per tanti anni con questo personaggio singolare d'utile, Cathy Barbarian, che adesso canta la sigridiglia della Carmen di Vise sarei tentato di rispondere che non lo so.
0: Every so often we encounter the voice of Cathy Barbarian in traditional operatic repertoire, albeit in unexpected contexts. Her first extant recording is a very dim sounding version of the Non più mesta from Cenerentola. More than twenty years later, we hear a snippet of that aria in the recital one for Kathy, which also incorporates the shadow song from Meyerbeer's Dinora, the bell song from Lacme, the mad scene from, from Lucia di Lammermoor. On rare occasions, Kathy Berberian would actually program an aria from an opera. From that 1981 Kathy Canta America program, we have a recording of her performing the aria The Black Swan from Menotti's The Medium. Strangely, this aria is sung by the ingenue Monica, but the mind reels in imagining what Kathy Berberian's portrayal of Baba the medium would have been like in that same opera.
1: The sun has fallen and it lies in blood. The moon is weak. Wi-
0: Kathy Barbarian once stated that if she and Kalas sang the same repertoire, that she was certain that the two of them would have been rivals not unlike Maria Kalas. Cathy Barbarian also experienced some vocal difficulties in the later stages of her career, and yet she continued to sing and perform with great aplomb and generosity. In 1978, she and Harold Lester went to the studios of the Stuttgart Radio and recorded over two days a number of folk songs. Think Gérard Souzy's Songs of Many Lands, but done with a completely different kind of vocality for every single number. It's an absolutely mind-blowing recording. As the program winds down, I'm going to offer you three different brief songs from that recording. First is the Chinese folk song, The Mountain Flower. Next, here's a Russian Roma number called Dve Gitani or Two Guitars. The barbarian often lived a solitary and lonely life when she was not performing. She certainly could find her way to the truth in a world-weary number like this setting by Maurice Ravel of one of his Deux Mélodies Hébraïques. This is called in French, L'énigme Éternelle, The Eternal Enigma. Here she sings it, of course, as it's usually done in Yiddish, but with an incredible vocal quality that I find very compelling. One month before she died unexpectedly of a massive heart attack. Kathy Barbarian wrote the following description of the role that music had played in her life. Little by little, music gave me an identity, all mine, not just somebody's daughter, sister, or niece. Music gave me a profession. It brought me a great love, and when it ended, it filled the void with an incentive to live more fully as a person, not an appendix. It liberated me as a woman. It forged my independence of mind and spirit. Music stimulated my creativity and gave me a sense of confidence and inner serenity. Music is the air I breathe and the planet I inhabit. The only way I can pay my debt to music is by bringing it to others with all my love. Kathy Barbarian, February 1983. Here's a performance that, for me, captures nearly everything that Kathy Barbarian was about. It reveals her droll sense of humor, her frank sensuality, her love of unusual and unexpected repertoire, not to mention that it's sumptuously sung. This is Lennon and McCartney's "Michelle," arranged by the Dutch composer Louis Andreessen. This performance is from Lugano in June 1969, and once again, the redoubtable Bruno Canino is her companist.
1: Me shall my bell sees all words then. That- Do you know somehow until you...
0: Thanks for joining me today. It was my great privilege to bring you a kaleidoscopic view of the extraordinary artistry of Kathy Barbarian. A reminder that if you'd like to provide financial support for me so that I can continue to produce the podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can pledge a monthly contribution anywhere from $2 on up and gain access to a growing library of bonus episodes that I have thus far produced. Thank you so much. Kathy Barbarian had a very complicated relationship with Arnold Schoenberg's Pierrot Lunaire, She never sang the piece in German. I think I mentioned that earlier. And yet, she performed it in French, she performed it in Italian, and she performed it in English. And she had a plan, which I don't think ever came to fruition, to do each of the Three sections, because remember, it's dreimal sieben lieder, so it's 21 songs. She wanted to do first group in one language, second in another, and the third in a third language. English. French, and Italian. Not in German. Remember, these songs are translated from the original French anyway. She hesitated to do these songs because she just didn't know how she could bring them to life with the same kind of theatricality that she brought to her other work. She was very dissatisfied with a number of recordings that she heard by other singers. So when she finally did these, there's a cross between an exaggeration of the Gruesome and an almost childlike delight in that gruesomeness. But at the end of the cycle, she does come to this profound sense of nostalgia. So I'm going to end the program with this performance from April 1972 in Paris of Oh Fragrance Old from Pierrot Lunaire. Oh Fragrance.
1: Once more intoxicate my senses.
3: A prankish troop of rogueries is swirling through buoyant air. A cheerful longing makes me whole joys which I had long despised Oh fragrance old from days of yore once more intoxicate me I have abandoned And from my window framed in sunlight, I freely gaze on the dear world and dream beyond
0: Keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel
1: (laughs) Kundlach.